It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. We're trying our best to get back to weekly shows. And I am VA. I am here with Tim. Hello, hello. And it's just us, baby. Just us. Yeah, it is. Of course, we are a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. And we are puzzled by what this Bruins team should do because they are a mess. They, they, yeah, they are. And as we speak, Chris Tanev has been traded to Dallas. So I'm glad the Bruins stayed away from that. Chris Tanev, he's the defensive guy, right? From the Flames? Yeah, from Calgary. Yep, from Calgary. He's just been traded to Dallas. Oh, For a second boy. round pick, a young, pros- or young prospect, and a conditional pick going back to the Flames as well. Oh, boy. Well, good good for stars. Good for Tanev. He at least doesn't have to play for that miserable organization anymore. You know, the Bruins could use some defensive help. And uh, that's not going to be Tanev. So scratch him off the list. Let's just get into last week a little bit. I don't want to get into too far into the games. Let's just because it was the late night road trip. I did watch basically all but one game. And that one game, it's just uh, I was just so I was not feeling well. So I, I could not stay up for it. So I watched like the last period and then overtime and then i was like why why have i been cursed to stay awake at this point yeah so it was the western canada slash seattle trip and all of the start times were really popular start times for us in the east coast even more popular with jeff who's in the atlantic time zone with only one one of those games being at a reasonable time for us that would be the saturday game against the canucks because that was hockey night in canada and I hum the theme if I remembered what it was. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so it was really great to see the Bruins um, stumble through every game, even when they were leading. <sighs> only to, you know, for the most part, lose in overtime. Yeah. Um, so uh, Kings lost 5 4 in overtime, Stars 4 3 in a shootout. The Oilers, which is the one game that I watched fully through, they ended up winning 6-5 in overtime. Hey. Then mm-hmm. Flames lost 3-2 in overtime. Canucks 3-2 in overtime. And the Kraken 4-3 in a shootout. The Bruins are simply addicted to playing overtime games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? They have like 11 loser points or something right now? Or is it more than that? Uh, yeah, probably because I think they've played at, at some point during the stretch of overtime games that they're currently in. They've played like they had played like 21 of them oh, total this season. Oh, okay. Which I'm sorry. So much. They have 14 loser points. Jeez. Yeah. Let's see. I'm just taking a quick look. New York Islanders also have 14 loser points, but they're seventh in the Metropolitan, so I'm not sure I would want that comparison. The Bruins, despite being second in the Atlantic, or, well, yeah, second because of Florida um, having only four loser points and more actual games that they've won, they, they've had the most loser points. So, yeah, 
they like to go to overtime and blow it, essentially. <laughs> See, here's my thing with this. Yes, they have the 14 loser points, but they're still high in the standings. So to me, that means that like they're not trash. They're not terrible. They're, they are a good team. They just can't close out a game. Good enough. Yeah. Can't close out a game. Now, um, it'll be interesting to see what they do leading up to the trade deadline, which is March 8th, which is doing some quick calculations. A week from this Friday. Cam Neely has said that he would like some top six scoring. He would like another defensive guy. I should say defenseman. I think that's pretty much what he's looking for. Wouldn't we all? But yeah, I know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They don't have the assets to give away. Uh-uh. The chest is bare. Yep, they don't have the assets. Everybody or many, many teams are up against cap. Yeah. So this is what has given rise to the rumors of uh, Linus Ulmark being put out there for the, the trade market. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there is a team out there who would love to have Ulmark. I'm not really crazy about it because at this point it's like, oh, so we take Ulmark away and then we put it all on Swayman and the team has not really been playing great in front of Swayman. Right. You know, and then there are times where Swayman is just not exactly as on as we would like. He's not terrible. that, And that's the thing. But yeah, unless you are guaranteed to get somebody like a Hannafin back or you know, somebody who's a top six guy uh, who can score. I think it's a winger that they're looking for. I wouldn't do anything right now. I'd wait till the summer, trade away Olmark if you want to trade him then. Oh, and not to mention Jake DeBrusque coming out with oh, yeah. the, I don't know what's going on with my contract. Jake, not the time. Not the time. Read the room. Ask your agent. Like, don't <laughs> don't tell the media you have no idea just talk to your agent well i mean apparently his his agent has told him that there has been no further progression and we know that two years ago uh jake was frustrated because he was playing under bruce cassidy and they weren't getting along very well and then they they basically did what they thought would end up being a sign and trade where he signed for two years at four million and uh that was supposed to be like good trade bait, but he didn't end up getting traded. So he basically just stayed with the Bruins. And then of course they solved the problem that he had by canning Cassidy at the end of the year. So everything was fine. But now here we are again, two years later and Jake is not performing super well. And no. he's like, I don't know what's going on with my contract. And it's like, dude, honestly, just put your nose down and fucking play. Yeah. So as as Mandy said, somebody said to her, have we ever considered that maybe he's just a like a, a Gen Z over complainer who's very sensitive about his feelings? And I'm like, uh, that I mean, could very well that could very well be it. But you know, at some point, Jake, just put your nose down. Just play. Don't worry about this. Everybody has not everybody, but there are a lot of people who are going through the same situation as you. I know that, that Jeff is really fond of the idea of him getting five times five, but I'm like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm so tired of the Jake DeBrusque saga 
I guess five times five would make it five years until we have to hear about Jake going, I don't know what's going on with my contract. I like Jake. I love him when he's scoring. I'm glad he's found his defensive game. I'm just really tired of Jake being That's Jake. Fair. That's fair. Like, I'm tired of uh, of Derek Forbert being like the, uh, it's almost like he's the evil Derek Forbert. Like, he no longer knows how to play defense. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I don't know. The only the only changes I would make to this team right now are if you're getting something in return for guys on expiring deals. Yep. And then just play young guys and see what happens. Like I'm okay with that. Like this year to me anyway, this year was always going to be a regression from last year. We knew that with Bergeron retiring, we knew that with the cap space um, we knew that all the, a lot of the deals that the Bruins signed people to in the offseason were one-year deals. We knew that it was just kind of a rags and glue, patched together year, and see what the fuck happens. Yep. And they started off super hot, so people kind of forgot that. Yes. And people were like, oh, shit, this team's really great. And people forgot that they were supposed to kind of regress. And now we're seeing the regression and people are, are think the sky is falling when this is kind of what, what I don't know, this is what I expected kind of most of the year. I've said it a couple times on different episodes where I don't, I just don't think this is the year to add to the team because I don't think there's any move or collection of moves that you make that make you the favorite to win it all. And you don't have assets to trade. You need to kind of, uh, restock the asset chest and maybe now is the time to do that with guys who are on expiring deals get a few draft picks back something because uh they went for it they went for it all last year and it bit them in the ass but they did it sometimes when you go for it all it works sometimes it doesn't that's right sports that's just the way sports are Right. I mean, I think they made really smart moves last year, but yeah, I just feel like Monty fucked it up in the first round. Yeah, the playoffs were, I think they overthought things in the playoffs. Yeah, he just started being too screwy with the lines and didn't make the goaltender change that he should have made earlier. Yep. And then everything just kind of fell apart. So we have to hope that he's not going to do that again. Although I just feel like lately watching the games he has been doing a little bit too much of the like i'm going to shorten the bench in the third period i didn't watch most of the game against seattle but i can tell you in the third period they weren't playing like they they were trying to win that game right at all and and that's really frustrating because it's like uh, as herm edwards said you play to win the game playoffs <laughs> whenever, when, whenever i hear you play to win the game the next thing that immediately comes to mind even though it's a different person is the playoffs by mora just because playoffs or playoffs. The, or dennis green they are who we thought they were yeah. <laughs> so many great football coats they are who they thought they were <laughs> 
want to crown their asses, crown their asses. <laughs> and that was the Bears, wasn't it? They were playing against the Bears, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the Bears are not good. Yeah, it was something like it, it was something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh gosh, football's Classic. fun. Tim, do you want to start a football podcast? <laughs> I mean, it would be so much more fun. There's another one that's college football, but uh, it's uh, Mike Gundy. I'm a man. I'm 40. You talk to me. Don't talk to the player. Talk to me. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> that's another good one. Oh, man. I was just saying, I feel like. NFL coaches give the best sound bites. They just do. Oh, they do. They do. I feel like the only coaches that, uh, in the NHL who give you good sound bites are Tortorella. And it's more just because he, he kind of thinks that everybody who's asking him a question is an idiot. And he's not wrong about most of them. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Black Bear Great. Yeah, he you definitely <laughs> he definitely he definitely does. Like Like earlier in the year where they had that whole trade that happened with their with their prospect, and it came out that like Kevin hate someone someone some flyers writer said that like Kevin Hayes did something to make this person hate the organization or whatever, and then uh, Torts and then his next uh, interview or his next press conference. Um, said, which one of you guys did that? And, he, and then that person, like, wrote, who wrote the actual original story, person rose their hand, and then he, like, scolded them, basically. And then, like, for a good two minutes and told them how stupid they were. And then a couple weeks later in, an, in, an, in a press conference, that person tried to ask a question to Torts. He said, I'm not answering your question. You're the one who wrote that about Hazy. No. And so, like, it looks like that that uh, writer has made an enemy in torts for life. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, look, if you have that prospect, um, they get drafted, they decline to come to the development camp. And then the yep. next year, they also decline again to come to development camp and then also put out some kind of Instagram or whatever saying like, hey, I'm never going to play for that organization you kind of have to trade him. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter who said what. If that guy doesn't want to play for your organization, you get rid of his ass. Yeah. You know, you get an asset for him. There you go. And then, you know, they were asking Torts about that. And he's like, I don't know anything about that guy. He's like, kids, kid. He's like, yeah, whatever. Like, I, I Torts probably never met him. Nope. Maybe, like, I think he like, said he never met him. Yeah. Like, what does he have to do with it? Yeah. He gives great uh, sound clips, and NFL coaches just give great ones. Oh, they do. Um, yeah. It, not Belichick. Oh, can I tell you that I'm – one of the things I'm actually happy with the, the development uh, with the the Patriots, with uh, Belichick going off to somewhere else, is that we're not going to have to listen to any more of those press conferences where he gives non-answers – and he just sits there and snorts and tries to clear his nose and whatever, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to hear that. You know, I got to the point where I'm like, you know, Glenn would watch the post game thing on like uh TV 38. And I'm like, no, I, I don't want to see it. I don't need to see it. 
I just, the players are not going to say what you really want them to say. And uh, Belichick is not going to give you anything other than weird noises. So forget it. All done. I'm not going to learn any more from this. So I, I miss Bruce Arians and his sound clips for the Bucks because like Todd Bowles doesn't give you much. And Bruce Arians, I'll never forget. So during the Bucks Super Bowl parade at the end of it, they were talking to a couple players that were uh, free agents and how they, if they thought they were going to be able, the Bucks were going to be able to keep everyone, whatnot, how they were going to do it and stuff like that. And the players are kind of just giving non answers. And all of a sudden, drunk Bruce Arians comes out of nowhere and says, Your ass ain't leaving and neither is yours. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> it's like basically like, okay. Bruce Arians is just giving out contracts now, even though he doesn't have the ability to do so. It's like, your ass ain't leaving. Your ass ain't either. It was to like Levante David and like Jason Pierre-Paul or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, that and that was that. They didn't leave. They both got contracts. So, I mean, he, he spoke it into the ether, I guess. Okay. Yeah, there you go. He made it happen. Yeah, well, I think we should probably get back to hockey, as frustrating as it is to talk about the Bruins right now. Uh, you know, I, I kind of wish that the Bruins would not have done this whole thing of like, well, we're going to remain competitive. And it's like, it's okay to like fall behind a little bit. It's okay. I mean, I yeah. guess the, the pride of the players won't let them. But it, it's just, it, it's okay to not be like the best. But okay, I can't really even br- blame the Bruins for this because... You know, all year long, they've been, they, they, they kind of overperformed, okay? And other teams were underperforming or had masses of injuries and all of these different things. Right now, I think we're learning how important it is to have uh, Hampus Lindholm right by Carlo, essentially, because uh, Lorai's new. And if Lorai's going to be benched in the third period, then what's the use? And all the other teams are starting to heat up right now, right? Right. Florida has been like going on that since like basically the turn of the calendar year they've been heating up. And that's why they're at the top of the uh, Atlantic standings. The Bruins have not been consistently closing out games. And it's very frustrating because we can't quite figure out why they're doing that. I mean, it's easy to point out stupid late third period penalties as one of the things. Okay. It's just never a good idea to do that. Don't give right. the other team ammunition. And we get to the shootout. Like, they won that one shootout after nine rounds, right? And that was right. great. I don't even remember who it was against at this point. But they won that. I think it was, like, with the final game before the homestand. So it was, was it Dallas? Yeah, I think it was Dallas. Yeah. So they, they won that, and that's great. But then, okay, they had another shootout opportunity against Seattle. And honestly, they looked kind of like limp fish which is not how you want to look when you're out there. I get it. You're no. tired. You've played 65 minutes of hockey. I mean, not all of you have done that altogether, but you know, you're tired, but you should really just try to win the game guys. Yeah. They look like those fish that they throw around in the Seattle market. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with them kind of going for it this year, just because they have zero draft picks this year. Like, I don't think they have a first. They don't have a second. They don't have a third. 
and they don't have a seventh. I think they just have a four, five, and six. So I'm okay with the teams that have their picks not getting a better pick. That's okay with me. In 2025, I believe they don't have a second or a fourth or something like that. So I, that's why I kind of would use this trade deadline to try to recoup some picks with guys on expiring contracts. Right. Um, just because they're like, when we said the chest was bare, like, we mean it's bare, bare. Like, there's like nothing. It is a it is a sheep without wool. It is just bare bones, nothing. And so to kind of recoup some picks would be fine. I'd be okay with that because like a guy like how JVR is playing could be beneficial to a team wanting to go to, on a deep playoff run. Absolutely. So like I would I would definitely look into that just because it not only it it maybe it kind of it'll lead to ending your season early this year but in it'll go so much further in the long run for you doing that i i get it i i understand exactly why the uh they they want at least one round of like playoff money they want probably more than that but uh you're not going to get more than one round of that jacobs is no this team is not built for that so i'm okay with the the idea of selling off some parts if you get picks back that would be absolutely great if yeah. you're going to sell off Olmark, you better get some really good picks and i hear like if, if that jake could command a first i don't know if that's true but that's that's what they're thinking so somebody's thinking that anyway if, if we can get a first for jake debrusque i think you'd probably do it yep just because you spent a first on him right so yep. if you can get a first back then there you go like that's fine I, I think you'd do that. I would keep Ulmark because I want to keep Ulmark and Swayman together for the next 75 years. So I would... Um, Me too. Me too. Because, them. yeah, you know what? It's exciting to still see the hug for me. Oh, definitely. Definitely love the goalie hug. But also just, I think that in the NHL, it's more beneficial to have two guys that can stop the puck rather than just one shouldering the load. I just think that it can help. It helps so much. And generally in those tandem situations come playoff time, one of them gets hot and then you ride the hot hand as long as you can. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sold on, on, on trading Ilmark. I'm not sold on, uh, on buying for this team at all. Because I just don't think that's where it is. I think that this team needs to get through the rest of the season and they need to win some fucking games. I don't know if there's much out there that could really help them. I, I There probably is, but you'd have to spend to get it. And I'm not sure that the Bruins have anything really to spend to get that. Yeah, I don't think they really do. And like, just play young guys. Uh, see what you ha- You have to see what you actually do have. And this is the perfect season to see what you do have mm-hmm. it's it's the perfect like transition type season to, to see that and just put no pressure nothing just let's just let's see what these guys are and then take it from there at the end of the year you know who we haven't heard about a contract extension about uh jim montgomery i believe that his sure. initial his initial contract was 
just two years. And this is the, the second year of that. Do you think that he's sweating a little bit or that the, that, you know, he's like, yeah, the end of the season, we'll see what happens. I wouldn't think he's sweating it. I have a hard time believe he's sweating it because I mean, yeah, they, yeah. Last year ended pretty sadly, but like they were good. So good all year. And it, it feel the players love playing for him. It feels like, it feels like he's pretty safe in his job. I, I have a hard time believing that they'd move on. Be, and also, if they did move on, it's another one of those cases where I'm not sure who you get. Right. Like, and who who's going to be better that you get? So, I don't know. I'm not sure, because it seems like everybody's out there <laughs> either has a good, uh, good gig going on, or they've already coached for the Bruins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, it's another thing that I'm worried about. Oh, no, I'm not. Let me see. It's another thing to think about. I'm not worried about it. It's just, I don't know how much I trust Jim Montgomery. I know that the players love playing for him and stuff like that, but I just feel like we have to see what he does this year in the playoffs for me to get a real idea. But he just fucked it up so bad. (laughs) So bad that it's like, it's hard for me to, to, to really forgive him that right now. All right. We need to stop dwelling on the past. Let's do our breathing exercise. Breathe in. Breathe out. It's all going to be okay. Let's not dwell on the past. Let's think about the present and try to see a little bit into the future. Okay. All right. So we talked about Jake. We talked about Jim Montgomery. We've talked about what to do around the trade dead time. Uh, dead time. Trade dead time. That's what I hope it kind of is for the Bruins. Trade dead time. But I yeah. know that... that... T- tell Sweeney to take a nap. <laughs> Sit this one up. I'm fine with it. Look, I'm fine with him taking calls. Take some calls. That's fine. But I'm not I'm not really sold on you doing anything. Uh, just take a nap. Treat it as like dead time, not deadline. No. Maybe go to the spa for the day. I don't know. Turn your phone off. Have a good time. Because I I don't think this team is that team this year. She ain't it, you know. Nope. But I will tell you that after I turned off that game the other night, I all I could envision was that Simpsons meme with the kid, what is his name, Ralph, on the bus, and he's like, "I'm in danger." Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's the Bruins every time the puck drops. Yeah. Like, on a new game. It's like, eh, chuckles, I'm in danger. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Trade deadline, like I said, it's a week from Friday. We're recording on Wednesday, uh, February 28th. And there's another day of February, which is tomorrow, leap year, 29th. So what are you going to do with your big extra day of the year, Tim? Oh, I don't know. I know that's not exciting, but I honestly don't know. We'll see where the day takes me. Yep, I'm pretty much the same way. I don't have any big plans or anything, but that's okay. Yeah, so why don't we talk about what the Bruins are going to do in this upcoming week? Woohoo! Yeah, let me get to that schedule. That hot schedule. Let me get to the right thing. Ugh, this app is so terrible. All right, so starting tomorrow night, that is February 29th, 
the Bruins welcome in the Vegas Golden Knights and old buddy Bruce Cassidy to the Garden at 7 p.m. It's a home game. Woohoo! Woo! Yeah. And then, oh, okay. Then I have to go to the next day or the next month because we know that March is going to be really fun. Oh, yeah. Let's see. There's one. That's five. That's eight. That's 11. There's 14 games in March out of 31 days. Uh, so then on Saturday, uh, March 2nd, they uh, go to New York. Well, they go to, to, to Long Island so that they can go play against the Islanders at 730 p.m. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a 730 game. So what does that mean? Well, the app tells me nothing. Okay, excellent. I love this app. It's the best. Then uh, Monday and Tuesday, we have a back-to-back. Oh, it's so fun. Monday, uh, 7 p.m. at Toronto. Because, you know, the Bruins are at the height of their powers right now. So let's yep. let's go play the Maple Leafs. Oh, okay. And then on Tuesday, they come back home and play against Edmonton at 7.30 oh, p.m. Yes. And then I don't know. We'll just read off Thursdays because guess what? If one meeting against the Maple Leafs next week is is not enough for you, you've got another one on Thursday the seventh at seven PM at the garden. Oh boy. Yeah. Two games against the Maple Leafs next week. Not that I don't believe in the Bruins. I'm feeling a little down on them, but I think that they can rally and put it together against Toronto. Sure. I hope. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, that's what's happening next week, Tim. How are you feeling about that? Um, uh, overtime and a loss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, um, I feel okay against the Golden Knights. Uh, I feel okay against the Islanders. But that Toronto, Edmonton, Toronto, uh, eh, that's not thrilling me. I think Toronto... Yeah. I think Toronto is okay. I mean, I think they can they can beat Toronto at least one of those times, maybe both. But I don't think I, I think Edmonton they had a hard time with Edmonton. They shouldn't have because they were very clearly winning for most well most of the the first ga- uh, period <laughs> of that game. So I'm not feeling great about the Edmonton game. So oh well, this is March. You know, March is. It would be absolutely hilarious if Toronto lost both games to the Bruins while the Bruins suck right now. I would love it. Let's let's you know what? That's when I'm gonna put my brain right now. Toronto loses against the slumping Bruins. Woo-hoo. Put that out into the world, out into the air. Yes. Yes. Because Toronto is inept. We know that. Ah, yes. I like that thought, Tim. That's a good thought. Happy thought. Yeah. Happy thoughts. Yes. Nothing but happy thoughts. Ah. So, any you got anything else, Tim? I mean, did anything really happen this week with players? You know, they just bounce people around a little bit because of the. Oh yeah, I know what I didn't mention last week. Okay, ready? This is this is why Johnny Beecher's down in Providence right now, and why he could possibly come back for the playoffs. He makes too much money. I know that oh, sounds hilarious. Enough. 
he's on a rookie deal and it's 925k right but boquist is league minimum at 775 and so Beecher is 150k too expensive fair enough and that's what's going on and it's it's so it's heartbreaking and stupid you know because Beecher was fun to watch yeah, I, it was. I, I I did enjoy the the fourth line of Richard, uh, Boquist and uh, and Brazo that looked like they were developing some chemistry. And then guess what did what Montgomery did the other night against Seattle? He broke it up. Yeah, he put Richard up on the top line. That's what you would do if you're a team looking to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Oh my god. Uh -huh. Uh, I, I do just... have one other thing. Yes. Um, it's not hockey related. Okay. But Tim Wakefield's wife, Stacy, passed away. I know. And I feel so awful for that family because those kids have lost both parents to cancer in less than six months apart or something like that. So. Are the kids grown? I think that they're grown, but they're just still really young adults. Yeah, they're young adults. I think I want. I don't quote me on that. One month. I think they're both in their early twenties. Yeah, <clears throat> but that's, I just feel tough. awful for them. Mm -hmm. And um, cancer sucks. So, yeah, I just wanted to offer condolences to their family and prayers to them. And um, yeah, it's tough. It's yeah, yeah, to lose both parents so quickly. You know, and and I remember when the news came out, Wakefield was so upset because it was just kind of like his private, it was his private life, and he did not want that being out there, right? And then he didn't die too; uh, he died not too long after that. Um, and to find out that she also had cancer, um, and that they were both terminal is just—it's heartbreaking. Absolutely, it is. So young both of them uh i don't know I, I i he was like what 57 or something like that yeah he was 57 i don't know how old she is but um, still same same age range very yeah same same young age range correct so and you know that they were getting the best treatment that they could it just didn't work and you know uh one i do feel for their family absolutely that was like the first thing i thought of um, because it's tough. I mean, I lost both of my parents when I was young, but I was not that young uh, by the time my father passed away. So, and it wasn't in quick succession. So, and uh, you know, it, it's like they probably had time to prepare, but you don't ever have time pr to prepare for the fact that you're going to be losing both parents. Yeah. And um, the family um, meant, so much to the Boston community. They did so much uh, charity work and everything for the community. Um, they were amazing. And I, the other thing that it, it, that makes me feel bad and it hurts me is uh, the Red Sox on April 9th, because Tim Wakefield is number four nine. Mm-hmm. We're going to honor him that day, and I'm sad that she's not going to be be there for it. No, but you know what? In a really good, classy move, they can honor both of them. They can. 
and I really hope they haven't said this. I really hope they retire his number like that day, just kind of like surprise. We're retiring the number just because he meant so much to the Red Sox for so long. Um, he played almost his entire career there. Um, he was there from like, I think his first year there was like 95. And he didn't even he, start out as a pitcher, did he? No. Um, he was a first baseman in the Pirates organization. And then while in the Pirates organization, he was in like AAA and he was just uh, warming up, throwing back and forth. And he was jokingly throwing a knuckleball just to warm up. And one of his coaches saw it and they were like, wait, can you do that like more regularly? And Wakefield was like, probably. And so he did started doing it. And he, I think he only pitched one season with the pirates before coming to the Red Sox. And then he played like almost 20 years or 20 years with the Red Sox. Everyone who was around the fam, him and his family loved them. And uh, I've never heard a bad thing said about Tim Wakefield or his family. So uh, I think that I hope they, I hope they retire his number. Um, I hope his kids find peace and uh, solace and everything um, just because it's going to be so hard going forward. But I hope they, they are able to deal with it um, in a healthy way and just find peace on their own. Yeah, I know it's cliche, um, but especially with cancer, because cancer can be so painful and so hard to deal with on a daily basis. I Their suffering is truly over, you know, yep. and that is the one thing that you can probably take solace as their children can, that they don't have to watch their parents be in pain and suffer through that anymore. Now, the other part about it is grieving. Grieving is hard. Everybody does it differently. There's no correct way to do it. Yep. You know, so my thoughts uh, to them would be to grieve as fully as you you want to and can. Yep. You know, so, yeah, it, you know, it's just never early. It, it's never it's never easy to grieve your parents. It isn't. No. Um, no. It took me a good well, honestly, a good 20 plus years to grieve my uh, through my mom's death, you know, partly because I was so young and I didn't grieve for a long time. I was just numb. Um, yep. But, you know, this, this this year, not that I'm bragging and I don't mean to hijack this conversation. This year is the 40th anniversary of my mom's death. And, you know, it, another thing is that she died on April Fool's Day. So... It is a cruel day for me. Um, I tend to kind of stay away from people who tend to be jokesters. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know how I'm going to be. I think uh, I think I'm going to be fine, you know, but 40 years is a long time. You know, it is a long time. Yeah. And when you uh, I think, uh, you know, when you're young and you lose your parents, um you know, when you're a little bit older, it's it's easier to work your way through it. When you're younger, it takes a while. Um, so, you know, there's no no time frame. Just grieve 
and uh you know get through life the best way that you can that's all i can say about that (sighs) godspeed stacy wakefield you're gonna be up with tim now yep for sure it's sad it really is (sighs) all right well you know we're all going to get through this week the best that way that we can, you know, and it's a good, an important reminder that life is not entirely about sports, but sports can bring uh, joy into your life when you have other things going on. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So um, with that, I think we will move on to wrapping up the show. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, this has been barely in topic. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for putting up with us and uh, how dumb we can be sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I hope that next week we'll have a fuller crew so we can be all really dumb again uh, together. But this week was nice with with just Tim. And uh, of course, you know where to find us by now. Uh, SoundCloud and such and everything. Oh, and yes, I do have to apologize to Tim for last week inadvertently wiping out his audio and thanks to Kyle Lanzett for telling me about it so I could go fix it immediately which is what I did I ran upstairs got on the compi did all the stuff I needed to do you know it's not as polished and edited as it once was but I was like you know what this is good enough uh we got Tim's vocals back in there everything's fine so thank you for pointing that out uh, of course the podcast is a lot better with Tim than without Tim so there you go so you can <laughs> as Kyle did you can contact us at Barely on Topic uh, on uh, Twitter uh, at Barely on Topic podcast on Facebook uh, and at our individual uh, handles I am at VA from RI and I am at Tim A. Richardson and of course, we have uh, Jeff, who's at Doctor Hand Grenade with with an AID, and Nick is at Nick Baggio everywhere. Like you can find him, and if you don't know how to spell his name, it looks like Bad Geo. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, Geo wasn't very good. Yeah, or as the person who announced him for his uh, uh, getting his degree, Badagio. <laughs> yeah, Badagio. Yeah. That's Nick but Bedazzled. <laughs> Nick Bedazzled. Oh my god, that's a great name. I will if he becomes a rock star, that's what it should be. Um, <laughs> it should be. <laughs> All right, Tim. Thank you. <laughs>